0: Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out, and Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free, and you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor, and I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Evan Witt Podcast. It's been about a month or. So since my uh, last episode where I talked NFL Draft with Maggie Lowry and it was a great uh, experience talking NFL Draft with her and I I needed a break. I I needed a break, Um, needed to refocus myself and here I am refocused and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to bring you a weekly podcast where I'm going to give you my thoughts, my takes on everything Wisconsin sports and everything uh, professional wrestling and great episode to come back because at the end of this episode we you are going to hear an interview from former WWE wrestler, former Brood member, former Ministry of Darkness member, Gangrel. And he talks briefly about his experiences in wrestling, what got him started, uh, how he trained, how he got started, talk about the Brood. Uh, the the famous entrance where it came from, and give some quick advice for those that are looking to get into the sport of professional wrestling on what they should do to try to uh, work on their craft and get going. Um, you know, it wasn't the interview I wanted it to be, but it was a fun interview. Uh, you know, I was hoping to catch him before the show, um, get some you know, five ten I get about 10 minute interview. That unfortunately didn't happen. You know, there's, there's lots of things I wanted to talk to him about. Um, but like I said, I just couldn't get it to happen. And it was, it was, I'm still grateful. I'm still grateful for the fact that he gave me about four minutes of his time. Uh, you know, it was after a show. He's exhausted. He's tired. He's not a podcast guy anyways. Um, and so the fact that he was willing to speak with me for... Four minutes, to me, was great, um, and I do appreciate it, and I do want to say a thank you to Gangrel for spending a few minutes with me. I also want to say thank you to Ryan Cross and SSW uh, for giving me the opportunity and for putting on a great show last night. It brought uh, Bushwhacker Luke Um you know, seventy-two-year-old guy, he's still got it. You know, he can still take bumps with the best of them. He's still strong as an ox. He can still uh, entertain and put on a show. With you know, it was entertaining to watch. And if you've ever not, if you've never gone to like SSW at the Brat Stop in Kenosha, um, their next show, get there because if you want to see guys put on great matches, put on great shows, um, doing it just truly for the love of the profession. It's it's definitely worth the money, and it's not that expensive either. I sat front row VIP uh, type ticket, $30. And I got to sit front row and shake guys' hands and uh, just have a good old time. And their next event, um, they don't have the date yet, but WWE Hall of Famer Rakishi is going to be in the house. And I don't know who he's going to give a stink face to, but somebody getting a stink face. That I can guarantee. But it was a great experience. I loved it. Um, great energy in the crowd. Capacity crowd once again. And if you at, get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. Um, just follow at SNS on, uh, uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram, and you'll see when these events are coming and uh, whatnot. So SNS, uh, sports and signings. Follow them on Twitter, I follow them on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, and they'll uh, they'll hook you up and they'll get you the tickets to the show. And like I said, you won't be you won't leave uh, di- uh, disappointed. It's it's great. So. Again, stay tuned for the interview with Game Grell. It'll be coming up probably at the end of this uh, this show. Um, before I do jump into that, just a few things to discuss. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, their season unfortunately comes to an end. They took a 2-0 series lead after Game 2, and Game 2 was just a 125-103 uh, destruction of Toronto, and then it basically went downhill from there. They lost in double overtime in game three, 118 to 112, and then get blown out, 120 to 102 in game four, and then 105-99 in game five, closer than, you know, just six points indicates to me, and then 194 in game four. And I don't know, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I think a lot of people slept on him. Um, He is one of the top three, top four players in the NBA. When he's fully invested and he's healthy, and he showed that in this series, and Giannis is one of the top players in the NBA. He is a superstar, but he's got some work to do. And Giannis is a guy that's going to put the work in in the gym. He's not going to be satisfied with an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. He's going to put that work in to try to get not only get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, but move beyond. The Eastern Conference Finals, that's the type of worker Giannis is. But the question is going to be, what team are they going to have around him? Lopez is a free agent. Chris Middleton can opt out, and he might be looking for superstar, uh, supermax-type money. Malcolm Brogdon is a restricted free agent. Uh, Nico Miracek, uh is a free agent. George Hill has a $1 million option. So the team can look completely different next year, and it's going to be up to, to uh, John Horst now to put the pieces together to get back to this point. But there are a lot of things that uncharacteristically uh, the Bucks did they were uncharacteristically them. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, wide open three from the corner in game, five, uh, game six, missed it. Brooke Lopez, wide open three in game six as well from the corner, perfect shot, missed it. Uh, they stopped. They weren't attacking the rim consistently enough. Giannis was late <clears throat> passing the ball out, which forced some uh, uncharacteristic turnovers, and he was not aggressive going to the hoop at times. And I don't know if it's he was anticipating a foul, anticipating contact, or what. But uh, what Giannis wasn't himself at times in the series, and you know the Bucks have some growing up to do. Um, and I, I, I like B- Budenhauser, but he's got some growing up to do as a coach too. He failed to adjust, uh, to what Nick Nurse adjusted to, which was putting Quai Quai Leonard on, on Giannis. And I think people forget that Leonard is a former, thing think, two-time defensive player of the year. You're not just going to walk all over him. But, it was a tough series, disappointing end. The Bucks. you know, I use the term choke on, uh... Saturday after the game, when my feelings and emotions are high, you know they choked it away after being up two nothing. Looking back on it, I don't know if that's quite the correct terminology to use because the Raptors they made adjustments. Uh, they played great basketball. Guys that don't traditionally play well in the playoffs, like Kyle Lowry, ended up playing really well, and the Bucks struggled to slow down Leonard for 48 minutes. And Giannis played, I think, forty-one minutes. Game six was the most minutes he's played that entire series. And you know, Giannis, you gotta play him more. Um, it's the playoff time. You 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 monitored and monitored his minutes during the entire regular season for this point. So you could run him into the ground pretty much, and you didn't. You kept managing his minutes, not giving him a ton of minutes, and it showed. And Giannis does deserve some of the blame for this. He uh, struggled at key moments, but his supporting cast struggled too. Bledsoe with 8 points, uh, Malcolm Brogdon with 10 points, Middleton with 14 points, uh, Ilyasova with 13 points. They they need to do better. His, His supporting cast and bench needed to do better. And I think that took a toll on Giannis, knowing that his guys were not making shots. So he felt like he had to do too much and then was forcing a lot of passes trying to get his guys involved. But like I said before, Giannis is going to learn. He's young. He will learn, and he will do better. So moving on, you know, the Bucks. I'm excited for the future for the Bucks for the first time in a while because typically the Bucks would – Look to make the 8th seed, and that's it. But now they have higher expectations. They got the 1 seed this year. Made the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they, they got to make it back next year. And like I said, it's up to John Horst now to make those moves to get the Bucks back to the Eastern Conference Finals and into the Western Conference Finals. And the entire East could look different next year. Kawhi Leonard could go back to the West. Kevin Durant could come East. Uh... Kyrie Irving can go west, or he could stay in the East. He's likely leaving Boston, but where is he going to go? Um, so the East could be even more wide open next year than it is this year. You know, because Boston is going to not probably be as good. You are going to have the Bucks in Philadelphia pretty much the top two teams in the East, depending on what the Bucks do this off season. But the Philadelphia could lose Jimmy Butler, and uh, they could uh, lose Tobias Harris. Two key components that got them to the Eastern Conference semifinals. So what's going to happen there? And got them within a game of going to the Eastern Conference finals. So the East could look significantly different next year. So the Bucks don't have to make a ton of overhauling changes to get back to the Eastern Conference finals and possibly the NBA finals. But they definitely do need to make some moves and make some improvements. And, um look to upgrade some spots. I'm torn on Chris Middleton. I think Middleton, when he's on, is definitely one of the better number two options in the league. But when he's off, he is off. And he was off numerous times in this series and in this playoffs. And when he's off, everything struggles. Same with Bloodsoul. When Bloodsoul's on, when he's playing uh, like he has shown he's capable of playing, he's one of the, uh, he's a really good guard in this NBA. But when his shot's not falling and he not aggressive at going after the basket and trying to create shots for other people, that's when Bledsoe struggles. And Bledsoe's gonna be around for a while. Middleton may or may not be. And I'm curious to see what the Bucs surround Giannis with. So moving on. AEW Double or Nothing pay per view on Saturday, getting rave reviews from a lot of people, especially the internet wrestling community. Especially those that are looking for an alternative to the WWE. And I've seen people saying that the WWE better start shaking in their boots. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, they're gonna be uh, like WCW pretty soon. Uh, they're gonna be. Folding up, they need to an answer. And the thing is, it's one event; it's one pay per view. They don't even have a uh, their t- their weekly television sh- uh, series yet. Uh, television show yet that won't be till October. And it's easy to put on a great show, and you got six months to prepare for it. They had six months to get ready for this double or nothing. Six months. So of course, it could be really, really good. Of course it could be, and it was. And they, got, they, they have a lot to grow on. They have a lot to to uh, build off of, of what they did. But the thing is, they got to lay the foundation first. Now yes, you can take a few shots here and there at uh, WWE. I get it that's going to get the fans all pumped up and excited for who are you know your fans. And that's really what it was for. It wasn't to take, uh, to try to say we're better than WWE. It was just that we want to get our fans riled up. And we got Moxie, uh, Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, joining at the end of the show, attacking uh, Jericho and Omega. I think that was a huge get for AEW. And now it's going to be... They have to consistently put on good shows, and they got to build. Don't don't try to be competition at WWE right off the bat. It's going to take time to build to the point where you can offer them competition. Right now, to me, it's an alternative. For those that don't like what Vince McMahon is doing or are tired of what Vince McMahon is doing, you have an alternative potentially. But... I, I don't know if AEW is going to be another TNA or is it going to be another WCW or is it going to be another WWE? Is it going to be another? We don't know yet. Yet it's too early. Now they have positives. They have a, a owner with deep pockets and Tony Khan. They got the want to be great with Cody Rhodes, um, doing his thing. And he's got a great mind and Dustin Reynolds, Dustin Rhodes has a great mind. Linko, really good working with talent and developing talent. Then you got Jericho and Omega. They want, and Jericho especially kind of wants to stick it to Vince McMahon a little bit. And then John Moxie obviously wants to stick it to Vince McMahon a little bit for underutilizing him all those years, not using him to his full potential. But don't get too high yet on what WWE AEW just put on. Don't get too high yet. Let's see how they respond. Let's see how they respond with their next event. Let's see how they respond when they got the weekly television show. And let's see if they can build their uh, their roster a little bit more, too. So that's my thoughts. What were your thoughts on AEW Double or Nothing? What are your thoughts? Um, did you love it? Did you hate it? Is it too soon to tell? Um and what are your thoughts on the buck season? You can follow me on Twitter at Evan Sports. Uh, You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Coach Evan 83. Um, the Evan Witt Show. Give me a follow. Um, like the show. Email me, Coach Evan 66 at gmail.com. And as always, this show is brought to you by Coach Evan Fitness. If you're looking to lose weight this summer, you're looking to get healthy, you're looking to, uh, to live the life that you want to live. Let me help you. Um, Yes, I've put a little bit of weight back on, but in total, I've lost 150 pounds, and I'm looking to lose the the 40 I put back on, and I want to help you do the same. So, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. Let me help you. Let me give you my tips, my advice, what I've done to to get to uh, where I'm at right now. So, with that said... Stay tuned for the interview with Gangrel. It's just under 4 minutes long and with that said, I'll get back at you uh with the show next week. Have a great rest of your day everybody. Here at the Broadstop Stop with former WWE superstar Gangrel
1: just finished up here at the Super Show 2 and uh want to first say thank you for spending a couple minutes with me on uh this interview here uh just want a quick uh background of how you got into wrestling and uh inspiration and whatnot
2: uh well hi. i was 17 when i started
1: wrestling i was in south florida with boris malenko that's Steve malenko's
2: dad and a fellow named rusty brooks so i trained there uh i don't know about any real inspirations I, I mean i liked wrestling but uh you know, I was very young when I started, so I, I, I didn't do a lot of whole live shows and stuff, but Barry Wyndham was one of my favorites when he first started out Florida Championship Wrestling, so a lot of Florida Championship Wrestling would be, like, where I caught my fever for it, and um, then from there, uh, I went to a stampede, and uh, that was, what, 88 when I went to the stampede, so I trained stampede with the hearts, and then from there, I trained with... Uh, off of in Allentown, then I ended up running off of school in Allentown, then I ended up at some point running Dean school, then I had my own school in LA with Rikishi, now I have my own school down in South Florida, Gang Girls Wrestling Asylum. Uh, September will be 32 years I've been wrestling, uh, so, so a brief, brief history of myself, so I went, my first territory was Stampede, where I retrained with the Hearts. from there I went to all Japan, from all Japan I went to Puerto Rico, worked down in Puerto Rico for a year or so, and then I started doing smaller companies in, uh, in Japan, like IWA, so I was doing regular tours there, 93 I worked in Memphis where I uh, ended up getting like uh, back with PWI kind of meant something rookie of the year in 93 so and then from Memphis still a lot of Japan stuff and then uh, Memphis again and then well uh, oh, I forgot I did whole Joe Goodhart's too TWA before, before before all Japan in between all that it's the Arts. so I started out in a mask was always Vampire Warrior the Vampire Warrior came around in uh, the uh, early 90s in Puerto Rico it was the first place they did the whole Vampire Warrior thing which in 98 evolved to grow.
1: So you went to uh, WWE with uh, The Brood, with Edging uh, Christian. Where did that idea come from? That was actually one of my favorite stables in my career watching wrestling.
2: Yeah, well, The Brood, the whole... Vampire thing, why Russell is a vampire, and the brood thing came from the movie The Lost Boys. So, because I always kept thinking, why couldn't a group of young guys be really cool vampires? It didn't matter if they won, win, or lose, or whatever, as long as they look cool while they were doing it. And, and um, I tried to sell them on it for a long time, but I ended up, you know, Puerto Rico being the monster type and Memphis being a monster, teeth and blood, you know. Then finally in 98, um, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Tom Pritchard, Vince Russo, kind of understood what I was talking about, and so then involved
1: Gangrel, which then Turn into the brood,
2: which is the last voice. <laughs>
1: so the entrance that you had, one of my, that's probably my favorite entrance. Uh, is that your idea, their idea? Where did that come from, coming up from this floor?
2: It's, uh, it's, uh, that was Vince Russo's idea, a lot of that. Uh, the blood spraying was mine, uh, the outfit I came up with. But that whole, uh, the entrance to the fire, the floor, that was Vince Russo. So he's a big Kiss fan, so he wanted, like, a theatrics on a Kiss concert. Big
1: pyros, fire, blood, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so you said you you said 32 years you've been wrestling? Last September, yeah, yeah. this year. So any advice for anyone that's looking to get into the business, get started in wrestling, any advice for them at all?
2: Uh, best advice I could say is uh, do your research. Don't just go join any wrestling school. Find one with somebody. It didn't have to be um, WWF or something like that, but somebody who's been wrestling... A periodic time throughout companies they don't have to have a big major role in them but it's still probably currently wrestling so they're in the ring and, and still have a love for it so do your research and find a proper trainer because it'll save you time in the long run
1: well thank you for spending a couple minutes with me i appreciate it and uh you know hope to see you again soon
2: oh uh, thank you very much sorry i'm so cranky i'm not a podcast guy so i don't do many but it was great talking to you thanks for taking it easy on me in it, and i appreciate it thank you very much yep thank, <laughs> thank you, you.